0: Just like we swing our arms while walking, some dinosaurs, koalophisus, used to wag their tails from side to side in the opposite direction with each step. This way, they would keep balance and conserve energy. Monkeys and squirrels use their tail to hold onto a branch. Alligators have very long tails that help them swim faster. Dogs wag their tails to communicate. For example, when they're happy. Crocodiles or kangaroos use tails to protect themselves if some animal goes after them. Birds, reptiles, mammals, and even fish have tails. For mammals, it's a great help with balance, but humans walk on two legs, and that's how we keep our balance. Having a tail might just slow us down and make it harder to walk. Tails evolved more than 500 million years ago. Our ancestors from that time used tails for swimming, like fish. Primates needed tails to balance while climbing trees, but 25 million years ago, apes lost their tails because they split from monkeys. When they're walking on four legs, animals need plenty of energy for every step they take. But walking upright on two legs requires less energy because gravity does some of the work. When you take a step, gravity pulls you forward a little bit. That's how humans save 25% of energy because we walk on two legs. Humans don't need tails for balance either. Your head is on top of the body when you're walking, not in front. Having a tail also means having one extra limb that requires energy to grow and maintain. Evolution made sure we don't lose any extra energy. In nature, losing just a little bit more energy than necessary means you can quickly get eaten. There are genes in charge of developing tails. Scientists Uh, believe mutations uh, randomly altered some apes 20 million years ago and caused them to grow a stump of a tail, or nothing at all. Later, that mutation became a norm in humans and apes. First, Apes were way bigger than monkeys, and it made it easier for them to fall while climbing trees. But somehow, their mutation became their advantage because they continued to develop and evolved, getting stronger and more balanced without a tail. Humans are shorter, lighter, and have smaller bones compared to our ancestors from 100,000 years ago. The decrease has been gradual, but has become most noticeable in the last 10,000 years. The environment, genetics, and lifestyle practices like using technology and diet all affect our size. 40,000 years ago, European men were on average six feet tall. They were both hunters and gatherers that lived in harsh, challenging conditions. They had a very physically demanding lifestyle, so they needed bigger bodies to survive. 10,000 years ago, European males were five feet, four inches tall. Many scientists think it's because of climatic changes in adapting to agriculture today. European men are 5 feet 9 inches tall. The last couple of hundred years has brought an increase in height because of better healthcare and diet. Also, humans have smaller jaws and teeth. Since we started cooking, food is now softer, and we don't need such strong teeth and jaws to chew it. As we get older, our face becomes more and more asymmetrical. Our bones don't grow after puberty, but cartilage still does. That's why the nose and ears grow and change as you get older. Some things that affect your face don't happen on both sides. If the skin starts sagging on the right side of your face, it doesn't mean the same will happen to the left side. You can't cry in space. Tears can form, but they can't fall because there's no gravity, and they can't flow. The water that builds up in the corner of your eyes will stay there like a bubble until the tear becomes so big it just moves somewhere else on your face. Or you remove it. A big part of the dust you see in your house is old skin particles. We lose 30 to 40,000 skin cells every minute because our skin regenerates. The old skin makes a billion tons of dust in the atmosphere. Skin is the largest organ that we have. It makes 15% of our total body weight. There are more living organisms on your skin than there are people on our planet. It's a tiny ecosystem with more than 1.5 trillion bacteria. If you get more mosquito bites than your friend does, there could be a couple of reasons. We emit carbon dioxide when breathing out. And we produce it more when our body is more active for example during a workout mosquitoes can detect changes in carbon dioxide in their surroundings and more co2 means there's a potential host around so they'll move your way some people's skin also have a specific odor that attracts them more and that's a combination of genetics and bacteria on our skin mosquitoes avoid people whose skin hosts many different microbes they'll be more attracted to you if you're wearing black the buzzing you hear in your ears when these insects are around is just a side effect of their wings beating. When a mosquito bites you, it pierces your skin and uses a special part of its body to take your blood. As it does it, it injects some saliva into your skin. Your body then reacts to it, and the result is that unpleasant sensation, and a bump. The human brain only makes up 2% of our total body weight, but it's the organ that burns the most energy. When we rest, which means we're not engaged in any particular activity, just basics like breathing, keeping ourselves warm, or digesting, the brain still uses up to 25% of the total amount of energy our bodies have. That's 350 to 450 calories per day. Most of the energy goes on, enabling neurons or brain cells to communicate with each other. They do it through structures called synapses, and this process is one of the most energy-expensive ones in the brain. You will spend a third of your life sleeping, and a good chunk of that will involve dreaming. You mostly won't remember any of those dreams when you wake up. Even when you do, there's a good chance they'll vanish into thin air a couple of minutes after you wake up. Scientists have a theory of why this happens. As we fall asleep, some parts of our brain go offline. But not all at the same time. Hippocampus is a structure inside the brain, the main job of which is to transfer information from short-term to long-term memory. Yep, it's in charge of learning new things. The hippocampus is one of the last areas to go to sleep. It means it could also be the last one that wakes up training dragons taking the math exam you hadn't studied for trying to run while your legs can't move you can have your latest dreams in the short-term memory but since the hippocampus isn't quite awake your brain won't keep any of those this doesn't mean the hippocampus is not active at all during the night it's actually busy storing our existing memories so it doesn't work with short-term ones like dreams we get more tired when it's hot outside when you spend some time in the sun Your body needs to work hard to maintain a normal and consistent temperature. It dilates the blood vessels, which means more blood can flow near the surface of your skin. Warm blood can cool off and release heat as it moves near the skin. Since blood flow is increased, you may look redder when you're feeling hot. Your body will secrete sweat, which evaporates and cools the skin when it's too hot. But to do such extra work, both your metabolic rate, which is the number of calories you need to function normally, and heart rate go up. It makes you feel sleepy get closer to a mirror and breathe out through the nose the surface of the mirror will fog up there will be two marks of water vapor but one is bigger than the other because most of the time we breathe out of one nostril at a time in fact 75 percent of our breathing is from one nostril while 25 percent is from the other the dominant nostril switches throughout the day on average every two hours some think this happens to build up moisture on both sides so neither of them get too dry